Welcome back to Catholic's Corner. If this is your first episode, welcome. My name is Kirsten, and you're listening to A Quiet Corner of the Internet, where we talk about our feelings and thoughts and how we can grow into better humans. Make sure to follow or subscribe to the show wherever you like to listen from to never miss an episode every Thursday. If you want to stay updated on the show or me in general, I'm at Catharaxia everywhere that matters. That's C-A-T-H-A-R-A-X-I-A. Type it into Google and I'll be right there. How are we doing today? It's been a day for me. <laughs> Just been a stressful couple of weeks, it has. Um, maybe you, if you are a frequent listener, or you know, just pay attention to dates that things are posted, you may notice there's a gap of a week between this episode and the last, and that's because last week, I took time off because I simply could not handle. (laughs) I just, I couldn't do it. I have been struggling. School is literally beating any sense of will to live I have left. And, um... Uh, there's just so much to unpack there that we're just gonna not <laughs> we're just gonna not get into it today or maybe ever you know but things will be better soon fingers crossed or else who knows when things will be better am I right uh, things will be better soon because the semester's ending we've got a vaccine coming out soon so that's nice I mean the cases are going up tremendously COVID I mean of course but um, yep, that's just the state of the world we live in right now. I this isn't starting off optimistically. Today's a fun topic. We're talking about creativity because I have thoughts and I want to discuss. And it's gonna be a chill time. It's gonna be a fun, chill time that will lift our spirits and our motivation to go and make some cool stuff. So let's talk about it together as a family. (laughs) Like I said, creativity is the topic of today. If I am like this level, the whole episode, just roll with it, (laughs) okay? But like I said, um, I haven't gone through it, Um, but I listened to this podcast called Black Girls in Ohm this weekend, which I would highly recommend listening to if you're into spirituality and just self-help improvement, you know, just if you like thinking about ways to better yourself as a person and ways to grow as a person, I would highly recommend checking out that podcast. But it's called Black Girls and Ohm, and they did an episode on creativity as a form of healing, which I thought was really interesting since I don't really look at creativity or making things as a healing process at all and I think now after listening to that episode I have a better understanding as to why my view of it is the way that it is because during this episode um, they talked about how like the theory behind creativity has evolved quite a bit since like the ancient days and I mean like Socrates, 
maybe I think Aristotle might have been like born after Socrates or something I don't know I am barely gotten through philosophy this semester so I don't know but Socrates era of ancient days the theory of creativity in ancient thinking was that creativity came from cosmic forces so back then um, those forces were called daemons uh, d-a-e-m-o-n-s when I heard it, I had a little, a little, you know, come to Jesus moment. I was like, oh, no, no, no. But that's not what they meant. So it could be demons, angels, ancestors, depending on your spiritual background. But the general idea is that there are forces outside of you, cosmic forces, that kind of gift moments of creativity, gift moments of creativity onto you. And that's where creativity comes from. So... Creativity is an external force that all of us can tap into at literally any point. It's not internal, was the ancient way of thinking. But around the Renaissance period, that kind of switched, which makes sense when we know understanding the Renaissance is like almost like a period of enlightenment, but like artist edition instead of the actual enlightenment science edition i don't i don't know why i'm peace signing while saying that but i felt like that was important for you to visualize <laughs> me peace signing while i'm explaining that but anyways around the renaissance period is when this theory kind of shifted to how we understand it today as this very internal and innate thing to where you either have it or you don't and if you do have it it's entirely you it's coming completely from within you and this form of thinking coincidentally tends to keep a lot of people from pursuing art because they think that a select group of people got the artistic gene and well they're not that artistic so i guess they'll go to something that's not vaguely creative at all when that's kind of BS, isn't it? Because, like, the more I think about it, this shift in view, it really explains why art currently is so... It's not bad. Let's not say it's bad, because there is good art being produced. But maybe more accurately, it explains why art as we know it is dead. Art art is dead. It, art is dead. Cue the Bombardin song. Art is dead. And you know why art is dead? Because people are either making art to prove their god complex, or they're making art for capitalism. (laughs) Or, in the worst case scenario, it's both. And it's so bad. It's so bad. And I think if we had, like, a shift back into the previous school of thought of art being sort of this or more accurately put creativity being this force that we can tap into all of us equally i think how we understand art and honestly just making things and being innovative would shift a lot and so i have some theories as to what exactly is preventing us from the school of thought because again it's so whack (laughs) that it's so like gatekeeped So how did this happen? Besides, you know, 
historical stuff and whatnot. I blame capitalism. That's enemy number one on my list. I blame capitalism, as that is always a given. Not just because, ooh, capitalism bad, but because of what I said before. A lot of creativity that we engage with now is in the context of goods and services. And on top of that, I feel like creativity tends to be a very individualized thing, which is inherently tied to capitalism, individualism, I mean. And understanding that, of course we think that things like creativity are central to a person and are only given to few people. Because otherwise, how could we justify commodifying art if everyone can make things all the time? (laughs) There's no way to justify it anymore, is there? So capitalism is enemy number one. Enemy number two, that uh, is my hypothesis as to why we're in the mess of creativity we are currently in, is that Western domination slash imperialism kind of gatekeeps everything that's fun, which I know that's like a broad, convoluted statement in itself. That sounds like a lot of buzzwords, because it is. But what I mean by that is like, just generally, Westernism, I'm not sure if that's a word, but it is now Westernism, historically, in an effort to assert dominance over non-Western countries has kind of gone with the idea that any Western ideal is under the school of thought that any Western ideal is the superior ideal and that we should all follow said ideal. And I think this practice of gatekeeping what is correct and what is not correct to do entirely comes from that. Because think about all the artistic fields and even non-artistic fields like STEM, for example. Creativity is necessary in STEM, but a lot of STEM studies will follow traditional ways of going about things because that's the dominating way of doing things. For example, There has been studies or a push for studies for years, decades, to look into how microdosing, follow me here, how microdosing can help with psychiatric disorders, and it's been gatekeeped by the medical community because it's a little too outside of the box, it's a little too controversial, and that's, and that's BS. (laughs) The fact that certain things can be considered correct and certain things can be considered not correct outside of basic morality is BS. It's BS. And the same thing goes for creativity in normal artistic fields as well. If someone has an idea for a show or a book, just because it doesn't appeal to the existing market, that usually ends up being dominated again by Westerners and white people, as that is a given, just because it doesn't appeal to that specific group, doesn't mean that it's any less valid than creative pursuit, and yet we do it over and over again, and no wonder less and less people are interested in participating in any form of creativity. 
and it extends again because we gatekeep the idea of who gets to be creative and who doesn't. Because you're in this field, you don't need to be creative. Because you do this, you don't need to be creative. And I think in order to be like a person <laughs> and experience life actively, you kind of have to engage with creativity. But if only certain people are allowed to be creative, then how are we supposed to do that? <laughs> Which brings me to my final culprit here, celebrity culture. I feel like we're bringing together all the things that we've been talking about through all the episodes here. I have a feeling that celebrity culture, the idea of, you know, icons, idolistic figures, is a big reason as to why creative fields are gatekeeped in the way they are, and creativity in general is gatekeeped the way it is. Because again, we have to support the idea that only certain people have access to this ability. I think it's really funny seeing posts like, you've seen that meme, like, oh, X could write this song, but X could never make this song, you know? For example, like, oh, oh and all of a sudden I blank on any famous Beatles song that's ever been made, or, okay, like, One Direction could make Yellow Submarine, because I think that's a Beatles song, I don't know, I'm not a Beatles stan, but, like, the Beatles could have never made What Makes You Beautiful, like, that's funny, because, I mean, who cares? (laughs) Who cares, because neither is invalid, because who's determined? what is art and what isn't art in the same way that who is to determine who gets to be creative and who doesn't get to be creative and what's considered creative and what isn't considered creative because everyone can be creative all the time because in conclusion creativity is for everyone and the fact that we brainwash ourselves into thinking that it's not is so whack anyone can make anything when they are given the opportunity to. And I mean literally anything. I think it's interesting sometimes, or like over the course of my time, like making things and trying to get other people to try making things as well, how certain forms of creativity are considered inaccessible. For example, like visual art, a lot of people will kind of be like, oh, I can't draw. But anyone can draw. We, we all can draw. We all went to elementary school. We all did the crappy stick figures. But were they crappy or were they just not at the standard that someone had created so that only a set few are allowed to draw? It's not even a matter of practice makes perfect. Like, if you want to draw something like the Mona Lisa, have at it. But, like, the idea that art has to look a certain way in order for it to be considered art is ridiculous. I thought it was interesting in this podcast episode. I would highly recommend listening to it if you are interested in it at all. They bring up the childhood example where there's a scenario where like an adult is like, oh, I can't draw. And then the child's like, oh, did you forget how? Because when you're a child, that it's a lack of inhibition to make things 
You just try making things, and if you get it wrong, well, you try it again your own way. But as long as you're happy making the thing, you made the thing. There's no right or wrong way to do it. There's no casting it away to the side because you didn't do it the right way. Because there is no right way. That's why I find it funny when people will dismiss, like, trying to write poetry. Anyone can write poetry. Because poetry doesn't have to look a certain way. Sure, there's rules, but those are rules set up by academics. And are we going to let a bunch of nerds tell you how you should or shouldn't write poetry? Like, drag Gabby Hanna all you want, but technically, (laughs) if it came from a place of sincerity and genuinity, she didn't make a poetry book. Except I don't think she did, because I don't think that's where it came from, but that's my opinion. (laughs) But there's no real difference outside of whatever made-up standards we came up with between a third grader's acrostic poem and a Margaret Atwood poem. There is no difference. There's no real difference between, like, a YouTube skit and whatever Tarantino film he decides to drop next. There is none. I think college humor and pulp fiction are on the same level, and I will not be taking further questions. (laughs) People should be allowed to make things. Let's take a break. And then I want to talk more about this, but from my own experience, because I've been talking about it very conceptually so far. But first, a message from our sponsor. like our sponsor i hope so (laughs) you know it's funny i've been seeing so many people that i know make podcasts recently and it's so exciting like it's fun if you're interested try it out because there's no wrong or right way to podcast try it out just do it just do it anyways here are my favorites of the day And yes, they're related to creativity. My first one is the perspective freedom I will have as soon as these classes are over. I feel like school prevents me from making anything that is vaguely interesting. I I just say never have the time, I mean the energy, to write. I barely have the energy to, yeah, I just barely have the energy to make art when I'm in school, unless it's from a place of desperation. And I don't like making art like that, because it gets depressing. So, I am looking forward to school being out. I have some projects I want to work on, some scripts I want to write, some poetry I want to write, some photos I want to take, and so on and so on. Just experimenting with stuff and having a great time. Am I a professional? No. Am I classically trained? Eh, doesn't matter. We're gonna make it anyways, because who cares? That's point of art it's not to be good and it's definitely not to commodify it so who cares (laughs) we're just gonna make stuff for thing number two 
park trips. I've been taking trips to my local park, walking around, watching the... I'm not sure what you call them, because they're not swans. <laughs> not seagulls, because we are in Kansas. I cannot think of what the duck, not it's not a duck, what the bird is called right now. I know it's the type of bird that will attack you if you get too close. But anyways, I like watching them at the park while I walk around. And it's just such a beautiful like fall look outside right now. It kind of feels like I'm in a coming of age short film. I like it. It calms my mind, gives me some room to think, gets me out of the house for a few minutes when I'm about to have a breakdown, and I come home and have a breakdown anyways, but at least I know it's from a place of genuinity and not a place of overstimulation. So there's that. <laughs> it's just good to clear the head. More room for creativity. And finally, I have my mood lights. I got mood lights for my room recently because I want to decorate the place nicely and with precision because while I have no experience with interior design and honestly decorating it will give me no extra value in the future it would just make me happy and I think improve the energy of the space and make it remind me less of high school so <laughs> I'm very happy that I have booth lights now and I'm looking forward to taking lots of amateur style photos and getting better at taking amateur style photos with them. And it's just a vibe. I'm surprised I didn't turn them on now while I'm recording. Maybe I'll go do that in a second. Yeah, I think I'll go do that in a second to continue the final part of this episode. But yes, these are my favorites of the day. And it's not simple. These are the things I like right now. Let's talk more about creativity. I went ahead and turned the lights on. If you're curious, it's like an indigo hue, but it comes out purple. And it's giving me Nicki Nasty vibes. If you know who that is, Nicole Raffi. I think she's just my favorite YouTuber, just period right now. She's she's just a vibe. You should watch her if you like. I don't know. Just like if you like this show, you would probably like her. So you should go check out Nicole Raffi. She has a podcast called Talk Nasty to Me. Today is promo day. Today I am promoting every other podcast except my own. <laughs> Because I figure if you're here, you're, you're here to listen to me. And maybe you might like listening to other people as well. And then we'll come back, talk about all the people we like listening to. It's a good time. It's a good exchange. Good exchange of ideas. Marketplace of ideas. I'm getting sidetracked. From the point I want to get at, because confession time, I was a gatekeeper type. I know it's so it's so icky. I I don't think people can't make things or aren't allowed to make certain things at all. I think the idea of there being like I don't think there shouldn't be any form of like what consists of art being good or bad. But I do think the idea that certain types of art are less legitimate for random reasons like 
access in such and such is kind of BS. Like the idea that bedroom pop is a less legitimate form of music than highly produced pop ballads is BS because they both come from the same place of sincerity and creativity and genuinity. And as long as people are making things to express themselves or an idea, then I have no problem with it. And if they're making things for any other reason, that's when I have an issue. Because that's not very creative, is it? That's just me. I think what keeps me from trying out things and making what I want to make is that gatekeepy mindset though the idea of like oh i'm not as creative as this person or like tiktok does this to me a lot or at least it did when i used to get sent stuff like that on my for you page um but my for you page hasn't been like that recently we're not gonna unpack why that is but when i was getting a lot of like kind of these younger filmmakers or people who like make earrings or clothes for example or just like visual artists in my head I'd be like wow I wish I was that creative I wish I could make concepts like that but the reality is is that I can it's just not the same because it's coming from a different place I just suppose it comes from a different place doesn't mean that I'm inherently less capable or less creative. Like just because I'm in a different place artistically doesn't mean I'm less of an artist. Just because I don't write as much poetry as I used to when I was younger doesn't mean I'm not a poet anymore. You know, that idea of sort of gatekeeping myself out of spaces that I, I really don't have to. I even think the idea of labeling like what kind of artist you are unintentionally does the same idea of kind of boxing yourself in. That's why whenever I like describe what I make or what I do, I always will just generally be like, I, I make things sometimes. I, I just like creating things or like with film. I don't think I'll ever call myself a filmmaker because I don't see it that way. I just want to create stories. I just want to tell stories. And that's it. (laughs) Because that's all it is. That's all it is. I got locked out of my notes. Hold on. I also think the internal pressure for brilliance makes it worse because that's, I feel like that pressure is the answer to why imposter syndrome regarding art is so aggressive because if you're not like a freaking prodigy or like almost a Leonardo DiCaprio, I mean Leonardo da Vinci type innovator then you must not be a real artist. And that's not true. That's not how that works. <laughs> because you know, people tap into creativity in different ways. And what we are delivered from that will be different. And that's what makes making stuff so beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's 
why it's so cool. Because we're all coming from different places with different ideas. And that's the whole point. But it's hard to remember that sometimes. There was a period for a while where I think my art was mainly self-soothing in that idea of creativity being a healing process. But even with the self-soothing thing, I don't think I'd ever say that it healed me. I don't think it healed me. I think it was more me groveling, if anything. I find that anytime I tap too much in to pain with art, it just is like twisting a knife in a wound. I just have to be very careful with it because I think I lose my intention a little bit when I'm making things. Because when I make things, I guess where creativity can be healing for me is when I make things. I try to make things that help people understand me better as a person or I try to make things so that people feel understood by what I'm making. So like when I still, even though I kind of implied that it was in group before, when I write poems, it's usually me trying to articulate an idea to be understood. I don't really write poems with the idea of connecting to other people. Which I think can be quite obvious for the type of things I tend to write about. Or if I'm making like a drawing or a painting, I'm mainly making it for myself as a way to express myself. And I think that's fine. I think making things to articulate an idea is good and healthy. But there also are times where I like to make things in hopes that it does connect with people or help highlight a voice we don't hear from. That's why I'm doing film and screenwriting is because I want to write things that not just speak to my experiences, but speak to experiences that we don't get to hear from very often. Because that matters. That matters a lot. Even with this show, it's kind of a curmudgeon, curmudgeon, or not conglomerate. I'm just, you know, when you like, I know people who like used to like reading (laughs) have this issue to where like you've heard so many types of words and you understand them contextually, but you don't always understand their exact definitions. So sometimes you'll just throw things out there and be like, does that mean what I think it means? And then you look it up and it's like, "Mm, kind of, but not quite. It's like, oh, am I, am I dumb? Nope. I don't, I don't think I'm dumb. I think I, my brain's just doing things. (laughs) But back to my point, I think the show is kind of a combination of the two ideas of both trying to be understood and trying to make other people feel understood. Because, yeah, that's that's just the whole thing. That's quite literally the whole idea. Quiet corner of the internet. My little corner. I talk to you about things. 
like we're having a little late night chat because honestly that's what it feels like and I think if you are friends with me or know me personally you are very familiar with the fact that this is exactly how I am <laughs> and even though this isn't as aesthetically led as something like writing or painting is it still does take some creative energy I think taking on the idea that it comes from somewhere outside myself instead of this internal brilliance will help relieve a lot of anxiety for me and on that note let's just end it here because wowee I kind of need a break (laughs) so before I leave you I'm gonna count us off for a breathing exercise okay in two three four hold two three four out two three four five six in two three four hold two three four out two three four five six in two three four hold two three four out two three four five six before you go Remember to follow and subscribe wherever you like to listen from to receive future episodes of this podcast. This podcast is available to listen to on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, Stitcher, and many more listening programs. And if you want to stay updated on me or the show, I'm at Cathyraxia everywhere that matters. You're amazing. You're doing what you can. Take care, and I'll see you here next week on Cather's Corner.